welcome to another episode of Metal Mastermind. Your host, Jason Stallworth, and co-host and co-founder of Metal Mastermind. Ken Cadellis. What's up, buddy? What's up, guys? Hey, man. So, got a really cool and interesting conversation today, as usual. We're going to start out with what inspires you as a metal musician. We're going to talk about some of those things, and not just other musicians, but uh, maybe events, maybe getting into some other territory there. And uh, towards the end, we're also going to talk about how us metal musicians, how we are different, but yet the same. So that's yeah. going to be a really interesting twist on that. So do hang around for the entire podcast. Uh, Ken, I want to start with you, though, man. Let's say uh, you're a metal musician. You and I, we both mm-hmm. play metal music. We both write our own music. We've, we've both got albums out there and many more yep. to come, by the way. Ken and I even wrote the song for Metal Mastermind, right? So we've got that song out there as well. You Are Your Master is the name of that. But, dude, let's start with you, though. What's... um. Who are some of the musicians, I guess, that inspired you to start playing not just music, but metal music when you started getting into the metal side of life? I was born in 1992, so I'm almost 31 years old. Uh, And my first foray into uh, metal was through my brother, and he loved new metal. Uh, So I listened to a lot of like Disturbed. Uh, and I, he also had other bands like Limp Biscuit playing at the time. And uh, he just kind of loved that kind of energy that metal gave. He, I remember f- one of the first things that I really fell in love with was Ashes of the Wake by Lamb of God. Um, that was, uh, you know, a huge inspiration to me. And as I got more... Um, deeper into this stuff my brother was showing me things like metallica and megadeth and i think one of his favorite songs from megadeth was a tulamond so i had a really like interesting way of getting into metal it wasn't like you know with the traditional big four it was actually with this other wave of metal um and i started to kind of dive deeper into it myself uh more than my brother was was getting into it so i became more of a metalhead than he did but he still actually listens to a lot of his stuff today even too he loves ghosts and all that kind of stuff uh today uh i mean actually uh back when i was you know a kid i picked up dream theater uh dream theater was the sort of turning point for me which made me want to really do uh music as a drummer so uh i just i fell in love with it i first heard of dream theater uh, while I was playing rock band and yeah. guitar hero. So <laughs> my uh, journey into that kind of catapulted my love for metal even more. Uh started listening to Machine Head and all these other kinds of bands that were being exposed to me through some of this in these games. So <laughs> I could thank Xbox and Microsoft for that. That's pretty cool, man. <laughs> Yeah, no. So I, I, I had a, I had a huge uh, love for it. I, you know, with my best friend at the time, I also introduced him to metal and we just kind of kept exchanging CDs and stuff like that. We would go to the tower record store that was near our school uh, before it closed down. And it was a great place just to get some new stuff uh, every now and then, and just share music. We were, we were constantly trying to find new material uh as we were 
kind of in this moment. And uh, from that point, I discovered other bands like Sonata Arctica and uh, Sonata Arctica, dude. Uh, yeah. Ensa, Ensaferum and Amana Marth. Uh, yes. Those were bands that <laughs> eventually influenced other aspects of what I loved about metal. Um, yeah, that was a huge part of my upbringing. Uh, I, I, I communicated a lot with uh, people that were around me and what kind of metal styles they were into and they showed me a lot high school was a big turning point for them i was going to ask you that too like what was it about uh this style of music i know you started out listening to to new metal and then you got into you know you started getting to the old school thrash bands and all uh then on to the monomarth and, and the european metal which i absolutely love all of that stuff man but what was it if you could pinpoint one thing that was about this style of music that just that captivated you, like what what turned on that switch? Oh, the energy. Yeah, the energy, 100 percent, because I would feel uh, not necessarily I wasn't introduced to metal because of angst, like some people think metalheads are introduced to music like this. You know, oh, they must be very angry people. That's why they listen to metal. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. I I just love the excitement that it gave me. And I just dove headfirst into that. I remember playing uh, video games. And one of the aspects that made those video games so much more fun was putting on a metal soundtrack to it. Uh, like racing games, for example. You know, you put... You put fuel by Metallica on, you're just like, give me fuel. Right? You're just like, yes. yeah. <laughs> you know, you're just driving down on that road with, <laughs> you know, your race car in the game. I'm like, yeah, this is rock. <laughs> I love this. Ton so it was just, it was just the energy, man. That was it. And I just remember how it made me feel like I could just take over anything. So it was infectious. And I think, you know, you, you, you have a similar, you know, feeling about that, but um, yeah, I don't know. That was, that was a big part of it. And the virtuosity was also something that really uh, inspired me where I would, you know, at a certain point, I think, well, part of what I love dream theater so much when I was in high school was because of the virtuosity, you know, you'd listen to all of the players and, you're starting to appreciate how much effort goes into learning an instrument to that caliber. Oh man. Um, you know, same thing with any of these other uh, virtuosos. I remember listening to a lot of guitarists back in that time. Uh, you, you got guitar gods like Steve Vai, of course, but sure. then there's like more unknown guitarists like uh, Impelitary or Joe Stump. Yeah. Uh, yeah. These guys, they were like more speed metal kind of virtuosos and they were kind of in the same bandwagon as Malmsteen at the time. Um, I always like love digging into some of this stuff and it, it just became a way for me to also learn more about how music could influence such a style that you wouldn't necessarily put two and two together. Like neoclassical music was a big part of what made metal virtuosos who they were. Um, and that my mother actually, uh, every time she would be cleaning, she would always play with classical music while she was cleaning. So I already had some sort of an appreciation for classical. And then hearing that with metal made it even 
cooler. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was a part of it too. I mean, what about yourself, Jason? What 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 was the thing that made it you know hit home for you when you when you heard metal music? Why are you a metal music uh, fan and instrumentalist today? I, I think the biggest thing was this guy that was on my bus, and I know I've told this story quite a few times over the years in many videos and even in my book, Heavy Metal and Weights. But um, there was this guy, his name was Kevin, and I wish I could, I wish I could find this guy. I know his last name. I, I won't say it on here, but I, I just I can't find him anywhere. It's like he he was a ghost. But this was uh, probably the last year, um, either last year in middle school or first year in high school. I can't quite remember. Uh, but he just looked cool. He had the gene. Now I grew up kind of in a Bible belty type area, you know, uh, kind of out in the country. I went to this high school called Tate high school in Cantonment, Florida. So a lot of people, some, some people, very few people will know that. Uh, but anyway, I saw this kid on the bus. His name was Kevin. He had the jean jacket, all the patches, long hair. And he, you know, it's probably bad to say, but he was everything I wanted to be. And, you you talked about the energy and that excitement that metal gives you. He had that, you know. He just was happy all the time. He always had his headphones on. A lot of other people would be like, well, that's that weird boy that listens to that, their devil music, you know. Um, so I've carried that term devil music over the years. Kind of funny. But uh any case, though, he was just he was just cool. He was so kind and he was so into his music. And I you know, I just built up the courage because I was a timid kid. I'm like, hey, dude, could you tell me what you're listening to? And he said, Metallica. And then he went back to air drumming. So, I, again, I've told the story a thousand times. I went out and took grass cutting money that I had uh, because, you know, back then I, you know, I was born in 75. Right. So this is probably around like 87, 88, something like that. I started playing guitar in 1989. So it's probably 88 or 89 when I bought my first two albums. Uh Metallica's Master of Puppets and Justice for All. I'd never really heard them. I just knew that dude listened to Metallica and I wanted some of that. So I got it and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so you mentioned composition, <laughs> you know, you mentioned classical music. I think there's some a lot of similarities because when you're listening to metal, especially those particular albums, Justice and Puppets, uh, the guitar parts in there were just, it, it was they were orchestrated, right? It was like a metal orchestra almost because the guitars are sometimes doing some different things and they're just kind of all over the place. Uh, and then I got into Joe Satriani soon after that and I loved his instrumentation. And I know that's not considered metal, but I think a lot of heavy metal guitar players are are also influenced by Satriani. So it just went on from there. And I, dude, I got really big into the hair metal scene around that time as well nice uh, and then and the rock and roll bands like guns and roses appetite came out you know uh that was already out when i started playing guitar bands like scorpions and docking and queens oh, yeah. and you know and got into some of the darker stuff like uh, i think it was fate's warning uh king diamond so many bands <laughs> you know but i also like to again i like the hair metal and even some of the pop metal like i i still to this day i i love listening to bon jovi man i, I play a lot of bon jovi in my live solo acoustic gigs you know it's just cool music but there's an energy there and there was something about metal music in general just rock and metal that took me to a different place it opened up a new world in my mind 
And I, I can't really explain. I, I know everybody listening, you, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about, Ken. You you know too, but it just takes you to a different place. It's like you're in this own world, you know. Uh, and a lot of what I saw too was that I, I didn't have a lot of confidence growing up as a kid. So I did feel like an outcast in my own way, you know, and I I could relate to a lot of the guys and girls that grew up uh, listening to metal. Metal was also, and I'm not saying this is, is this is the same for everybody. This is might sound like a stereotype, but I saw the common thread of people that didn't feel like they fit in. Well, they knew they had a home in the metal community. Yeah, that's a common thing with metal. Uh, we've always been kind of known as the underground, the outsiders, yes. and we accept people who wish to uh, either break away from the norm or those who just felt like they just never fit in and needed to find a place to call home. That's always been kind of common with us. And that's what I think makes us such a unique and diverse type of style to listen to. Uh, and part of the reason why I see so many subgenres within the metal genre, because I don't think, uh, other types of styles have nearly as much variation as what we see in metal, which is kind of yeah. amazing to me. Uh, you got everything, you know, from black metal to, uh, you know, you even have Christian metal. You even have uh, thrash metal, death metal, all these different symphonic metal, all these different types of styles melodic of metal, death metal. Yeah. melodic death metal. Like it, it it's just, Everything in in the metal genre, uh, I feel that we celebrate our uniqueness uh, to a point that it makes us so worldly. Uh, it, it we we still identify as one. That's that's a unique persona in the metal community. I don't I don't find that a lot of people, even though yeah, you got a couple ones who are a little bit more radical and they want to kind of stick to their own little niches, but. Most most people in the metal community like appreciate metal generally for what it is. And you know, they will call metal as it is. <laughs> it's metal. <laughs> so if it can make my head, you know, do the chicken dance, then we're do we're good. <laughs> you know? Good, yeah. So uh, and I love that. I love that because you're getting into all these different types of styles that everybody can kind of feed off of and you go to a show and you see an opening band and you've never heard them before, but you can kind of rock with it. Uh, and you can find something new that you like within that. Uh, all of that was very, very common to see in the sort of two thousands and even, you know, the last couple of years too, there's even more niches, uh, developing and, you know, thank God for the internet for that. Because this is this is what it is now, um, and you know, metal has a way of making us feel empowered and structurally sound. Like we're we're, we're we feel in a sense like indestructible while we do it. So I think that it helps our mental health as we're just kind of going through our day, you know, trying to get ready to go to work. And you know, I, honestly, one of my favorite metal bands. That I still listen to on a regular basis today, Megadeth, you know, one of the big four. Uh, you can't go wrong. You know, I I I turn on 
something like Holy Wars. Or I'll turn on a, another song that I like to listen to, Sleepwalker, and I'm just like, oh, it's a good tune, man. Yeah, yeah I, I'm just, I, I love the groove that I get from Dave Mustaine's, you know, guitar guitar work, and uh, he's just got a voice that just got a lot of attitude. So <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> You know, I'm he's going a to big work. Inspiration, man. He's such a huge yeah. because you know, you know, and and I don't want to get into, uh, you know, who does what better or whatever. I, I don't think there really is a better. That's subjective. It's all in what you like. But uh, my admiration for Dave Mustaine is is super high because he's playing yeah. these not so simple rhythms. Some of that stuff's pretty complex. Oh, right? he's a virtuoso. Uh, yeah, he's a virtuoso, especially especially in the rhythm section. He can play solos, obviously, too, very well. Um, but he's singing and doing this at the same time, dude. You know, and I'm yeah, like, man. how do you do that? Uh, you know, <laughs> and even going beyond that, let's say, let's and some of you out there are, are good at that, right? And let's say you learn a Megadeth song and you you practice it and you can sing it and play it at the same time. Take it to the next level. He not only sang and played these songs or he sings and plays the songs, he wrote these songs, he composed them. So that's, <laughs> that's where I get my admiration from Dave Mustaine. And he's, he's got his own sound. And this to me is what, uh, you know, is what is in so inspiring uh, about being a metal musician and where I get my inspiration from is when people heard Dave Mustaine's voice for the first time, it, it could have gone bad, right? Because mm -hmm. it's not like he's got this phenomenal, you know, I shouldn't say not phenomenal voice because it's just Megadeth. It, it's Megadeth, right? Yeah. It's, it's own signature sound, but he's not like a, a Sebastian Bach or a David Coverdale or Michael Sweet. Or any, and I know that's a different subgenre of rock, metal, whatever, altogether. Um, but he's just got this angst, this very distinct sound to his voice. Mm -hmm. that makes megadeth megadeth same with james hetfield you know uh same same situation there that's been a huge inspiration for me because again he's singing and playing you know trying yeah. to play a song like blackened or master of puppets or any of that stuff you know singing that at the same time and then not to mention he wrote that as well that's a big thing that's such a big thing and i you know that inspiration i don't find and I, I'm not knocking other genres, right? But I don't find that type of inspiration, that same energy, uh, and that same you know concept of being a, a virtuoso, so to speak, in both guitar and vocals, and doing that at the oh, same yeah. time. That's a big deal, man. I don't find that in other genres uh, like I do with metal. No, definitely not. And you know, of course, like metals is is a part. Sometimes I have to be in a particular mood to listen to metal too. I'm not, sure, you sure. know not going to be always listening to metal i have other tastes in music but the uh the what you're talking about this kind of virtuosic but also this angst i mean like think about like tom Araya from slayer i mean the guy oh, is like angry when he shouts into that mic and you can feel yeah. it <laughs> so you got that or you got like carl sanders from like nile who's just like got this super super deep voice but he's yeah, doing yeah. all these super fast rhythms that is known for the style in in Niles technical like death metal. So yeah. I mean I love it. I think you 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 appreciate it for what it is as a style that has a, an immense amount of respect for musicianship, right? 
that's one thing that I think people take away from metal. The other part is you have a way of executing the energy that we've been talking about, where we have either it can be an element of feeling sometimes sad, sometimes happy, powerful, angry. I mean, there's a lot of diversity to to the emotions that is, but it's it's all sort of in a way that kind of hits you in your gut when it comes to metal, uh, which I love. So it, it hits you in the feels like right off the bat. You you could probably just listen to the riff in the beginning of a tune. And you're just like, okay, here we go. <laughs> um, but then, you know, I think what you're talking about as well, which is songwriting between, yes. you know, guys like Dave Mustaine or James Hetfield and why they're where they're at is because they focused on all those elements, but as well as writing good songs and songwriting between metal musicians, I feel sometimes can get a little lost uh, to be honest, because I feel because metal can be such a technical endeavor in writing. uh, We feel sometimes we have to stack up to other technical players and we don't necessarily have to, we just have to make sure we get a certain feeling across. And I think sometimes that gets lost. So it's an important step to always like take a step backward and listen as though you were just an audience member. Uh, something I tell my production students all the time is when you've got a mix going, like take it with you out of your DAW and like listen it listen to it in a place where you can't control the faders or anything like that so that you could really just pay attention to how it feels. And sometimes we don't, we don't do that enough and we, we kind of lose sight of what we're trying to do here. So as much as metal is an amazing form of art, there are some challenges that metal musicians do come across when we're trying to write what we're, you know, passionate about. And it's not coming across as effectively. Uh, like, there's a reason why a band like, let's say, Animals as Leaders is so effective and, and they're so popular. Uh, and it's not because of just their technical prowess, although they're amazing musicians. It's that they're also like masterminds of making their music have a groove that allows you to sort of just kind of connect very quickly to all the sort of rhythmic elements that make your body move a certain way. I think they're very in tune with that. Same, another band that's very similar to that is Meshuggah. They're so intuitive with their rhythms. That's what they're paying attention to. That's what makes them Meshuggah, right? I mean, you got all the different kinds of uh, metal bands out there that also play. Here's another one, Devil Driver. Devil Driver is also really groove-based. Oh, they've kind got of like, great stuff. Yeah, yeah, they're they're kind of like in the same realm as like Lamb of God. You know, they're really uh, rhythmic, intensive, and paying attention to the feel of how all that stuff works. Um, so we can't lose sight of that. Uh, you know, what what makes metal amazing is the the instruments that are playing together and creating all this energy. But you have to keep in mind that each one of those instruments has a role to play and we don't want to just overshadow uh, the importance 
of what is a good song and what makes us feel uh, connected to a piece of music uh, just for the sake of, you know, oh, I just want to show off this technical lick or something, you know? And I think this is where I think we're starting to merge into uh, the part where we talk about, you know, what makes metal musicians different uh, from other musicians. Of course, there's some similarities and we'll, we'll talk about that towards the end, but there are some things that make metal musicians specifically you know, metal musicians different uh, from musicians from other genres. And I think this whole being the virtuoso could be one of them. I think a lot of guitar players struggle with this. And look, if you're writing an instrumental album and you want to show off your guitar licks and how fast she can play, uh, hey, great, put that out there. But I think when it comes to the song itself, you have to understand that just you playing as fast as possible every solo throughout the entire song is probably not going to work for a great song. Right. Uh, maybe it will, maybe it no. I, I don't make the rules, you know, we don't make rules here, no. But you do have to understand the people that, uh, your fans, the people that are going to listen to your music, they probably want a lot more than just a blazing guitar solo. They want to hear that orchestration. You know, Ken, and as a guitar player, I mean, I'm considered a shredder by many. Uh, I'll be the first to tell you that I believe the other instruments are just as important, if not more important, than the guitar. If I get up there and just strum metal guitar, and even if I sing with that, well, that's not going to sound that great without the bass and the drums. Whereas if I didn't play guitar at all, and you just had bass and drums going with the vocals, well, that would probably come off a little bit better as a song, right? Now, of course, yep. we want the guitar in there, but I'm just saying, you you know, you have a better opportunity of, of having that groove and that song with that backbone of the band, the bass and the drums. So I, I feel like the other instruments, sometimes in metal, um, not in metal and not, not with the professional bands, but I mean bands that are maybe just starting out or if you're just writing your music and you're, especially if you're a guitar player, well, I'm focused on this riff. And then you just can do it to whatever drum beat in a basic bass line. But again, I think the other the other instruments are just as important. So yeah, I think that can be challenging along the same lines as uh, what you're saying, you know, about virtuoso. Although to your to the credit of guitar players, the riffs are super important. I mean, they yeah. are they are kind of like what inspires verses, choruses, and you know, you can't discredit that, but it's the idea that I, I understand what you're saying is uh, it's not just about the riff. It's, it's also about the bigger picture, the whole, right. and you know, you can have a, a, a badass riff, but if you don't have a matching rhythm section to back it up, it, it falls short. <laughs> you know, you gotta, you gotta give credit where credit is due. And that's why you got, you know, matches made in heaven for certain yeah. bands. Uh, you know, like Lars Ulrich for James Hetfield. They just, you know, may, Lars Ulrich may not be the best metal drummer in the world, but he's the drummer for Metallica. He's the right drummer for Metallica. Um, you have uh, a whole bunch of them out there. So very, very true. Everybody in a metal band plays a very important role. And it's kind of like the pieces of a puzzle, you know, yeah. guitars are just one piece of that. Uh, you have bass guitar uh bass guitar you got drums and you have of course our vocals those all have an element that make the whole piece come to life and we don't want to forget that so yeah i mean 
and it's difficult nowadays i think more so because especially after uh, after the pandemic we've had more of an isolated uh, approach to making music than we have ever had before uh, i feel like there are more individual solo artists out there than ever and i feel that people are struggling to help create this uh, form of genre uh, in a way that, you know, you have, uh, I'm trying to struggle to find the words, but it, you're not, you're not able to kind of gel with another musician like we used to, because you're the only guy in the band, so to speak. So sometimes it's, it's one of those things where in metal, sometimes it's better with more than one person, but, not to say that it's impossible. It just, it's more challenging. You have to have maybe a little bit more experience to know what it is that you're going for. And, and you, you maybe need a little bit of help to get there. Uh, I mean, which is part of why we do what we do, Jason, right? It's like Metal Mastermind is kind of birthed out of the need to be able to serve uh, all other people who want to make better metal music. That was one of the reasons why we started this. We've we've heard bad metal music out there and it's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. clearly we, we need a little help here. So let's do that. And, you know, we just kind of decided to do it. And I'm so grateful for that. You don't uh, want to so, be your own weakest link either though. You're talking about exactly. you know, collaborating and, you know, and now, you know, going back to like one of the things that makes metal different, I think, you know, we, we talked about guitars, the riff. I think that's one of the key things that does make metal musicians different. All metal musicians, doesn't matter what instrument you play or if you sing, just the fact that you are in a band or a project that is, no pun intended, heavily guitar-based. Well, <laughs> most other genres, like let's let's bring out country, for example. Sure, you've got guitars probably in most every song, but... Uh, yeah, that guitar is, you know, is there throughout the song, but it's not really guitar based, if that makes sense. You might have a lick or whatever, uh, you know, blues, of course, is, is going to be guitar based, but not to the extreme extent, because metal, we've got distortion, we've got, we've got super heavy guitars here. So it's a little bit different, right? But, um, you know, metal is guitar based with that edge. And so let's just say that with that edge, with that extra layer of aggression, right? And I think along with that, another thing that makes metal musicians different is you're also in a band or a project to where the vocals are looked at, I think, much differently than other genres of music. I think other genres of music are are trying to, you know, sing pretty and, and be pristine and all that stuff. And which is great. That's fine. I'm not knocking that, but metal. Well, <laughs> we've got Alyssa white glutes for arch enemy, right? Yeah. Which I think is a beautiful voice, but it is, it is growls. It is screams. Right. And you've got people like Hetfield and Mustang that we've talked about, you know, uh, Slayer, right. Uh, those, vo those vocals, they're not really pretty, right? They're, they've just got this additional layer of aggression and angst to them. So that those are a couple of things that really make metal musicians in general stand out uh, from really any other genre. Yeah. I, I, I don't think metal vocals gets its due in the uh, performance spotlight for a lot of awards. You're right. <laughs> you're right. You're absolutely way. right. Yeah. I think, I think people really discount um, metal vocals quite a bit and it's, wrong in my opinion and i'm sure for 
most metalheads they would agree metal vocals are hard to do they're not they're not easy you could you could easily blow out your voice if you don't know what you're doing and uh you know it's not the prettiest thing to hear for sure but it is a style of vocal that should be respected just as equally i think as somebody who's trying to do pop music um and maybe that's just how it will always be in the mainstream light who knows i hope not i that's part of what we're trying to you know do is just make metal more accessible to the everyday person but i think yeah. you're right when you say that you know vocals they're they need to have their own spotlight here and maybe there's something out there you know i know we got like metal guitar gods uh as as awards maybe we should do something for metal vocals too um, i would like to see that um now there there's another element and this is uh, one other thing that makes metal musicians quite different and metal heads in general is that metal has is kind of gone against mainstream if, yes. if you think about it you know whatever's popular and notoriously and i remember being in high school you know uh i remember someone calling me a poser because i liked bon jovi and poison i liked all the hair bands and some some guy was like well, that's not real metal you're just a poser you can't say you like megadeth and slayer but like that too and, and of course i didn't say anything and i was i was a quite the timid kid but i'm thinking why not you you like what you like you know but <laughs> i also get it if you're in a band like devil driver well your goal is not going to be to write something that sounds like a hip-hop song right or country song you know your goal yeah. is to write this extreme form of, of music that you know that you have here so we've kind of like you know segregated ourselves in a sense from mainstream i believe and this is a major difference with metal musicians. I believe a lot of that comes from the fact that metalheads and metal music, I should say, is not widely accepted by mainstream, right? So, so this is this rebellion that we have, so to speak, is, is sort of a reaction to that, to that judgment that we've taken. You know, going back to my days, you know, my childhood, you know, I was always told, well, that that's devil music. And I'm thinking Master of Puppets is not devil music. They're talking about the harmful effects of doing drugs, if you think about it. And it's the same thing you guys are preaching. So, hello, wake up, right? Not to say there's there's plenty of devil music out there, right? Of course, whatever. But, <laughs> but it was Belfagor. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it was just this thing, though, this, uh, this thing that people had against metal because it was loud and the vocals, right? Um, I know yep. a lot of people that would listen to the music, but when, when the singing started, like, okay, I can't take that, you know, whereas you and I, we love that everybody listening. We, we love that. Right. So, yeah, I mean, th those are a lot of like, really like uh big differences between metal musicians and metal heads in general, uh, as opposed to like other genres of I, music. I think you make a great point. Cause I think the whole idea about mainstream is that mainstream is, is controlled. It's this mm. like controlled entity that yeah. kind of gatekeeps what people can listen to and what they're telling people is acceptable. That's Whereas metal kind of always felt like music of the people um, that will, we, 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 we reject the mainstream. We reject the authority figure here yeah. and we choose to create our own authority by our own means. Right. I think that's a, that's yeah. sort of an ethos that we, we can kind of point to metal music. So yeah, I I 100% agree. And 
that's probably why we'll never be you know accepted as much as people you know let's say for example like the grammys like what is there like one one grammy for metal it's like best metal performance <laughs> it's yeah. it's it's hard to to get metal artists to be like the best uh or the best new artist in 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 the grammys or something like that you know or best album of the year like it's you you probably wouldn't really see a metal album get there because there's other people who are kind of well connected in the industry that are in mainstream that get those things most of the time that's why we always reject a lot of these things like grammys because we always say oh it's just a popularity contest and who has the most popularity mainstream music because why it's it's mainstream so (laughs) yeah that's why we we do what we do right so uh yeah i i I agree to the ends of time that this is a a, something that makes us different and makes us also one and the same as a metalhead right well that's why we we love anybody who tries to do something different uh whether that be um you know and taking inspiration from other genres that make metal, you know, also really cool. I mean, I've heard some amazing stuff out there. There's this band that I always appreciated ever since I heard it, it was called mute the saint, which is kind of like a, uh, a sitar metal, you know, taking, oh, cool. you know, Indian music and blending that with, with metal music, which sounds amazing. And especially all like the rhythmic elements that you get with uh, Indian culture uh you know conical for example that's very very cool uh to hear it in a metal context or you know you get other things like um even latin metal which uh a great band for that is uh uh ancla or puya these are just metal bands that just are inspired by clave rhythms you know right that kind of rhythm that you hear in, in a lot of latin music so these types of things that we hear are going to create new forms of music down the line. I mean, it's a slow burn, right? It's not going to be something that we see an immediate turnaround, uh, which is kind of funny. Cause at one point I remember talking to a family member and I said, I don't know if, you know, maybe because everything's so global now, maybe we won't really hear new music anymore. And they were like, "You'll always hear new music. You You'll just, you just, you just haven't found it yet. That's all." And I was like, "You know, you're right." <laughs> Actually, I get the whole. I take back what thing. I said. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I get the whole global thing, but you know, and, and you know, we we've, we've uh, kind of crossed cultures. But I, I think that, and I hope that, I hope that, uh, you know, the good parts of of every culture will stay rooted in that, right? Um, like, you know, my wife is from Thailand, so I, I'm, I'm, you know, ingrained in the Thai culture. I speak the language at an intermediate level. I can read and write Thai a little. And I, you know, I've, I've studied even their primary religion, Buddhism, and I have a lot of uh, just deep appreciation for the culture. And there are parts about that culture, many parts about that culture that, man, I, I, I hope that won't change. I know we all evolve, right? But there are just certain parts of that that I, you know, I think there's a, I think it's healthy to keep some of that or a lot of that, I should say, right? We all evolve and we want to be a better version of ourselves, uh, even a better version of, of our culture as we evolve. And, and that's fine. But some of that, I, I or a lot of that, I want that to stay kind of, kind of rooted there uh, is what makes us unique, you know? 
Yeah. Who who would want to be the same? And that would be like having just one, no subgenres of metal. Just it's just metal, and it all sounds the same. Well, it's not metal if it doesn't sound like this. Let's globalize metal. No, I I like the fact that there's new metal. I personally, I wasn't a big fan of new metal, right? Um, and I, I learned to appreciate some of it later. But I'm glad it's there. I love melodic death metal, right? I like some black metal. That's not every metalhead's thing. So I'm glad there's a subgenre for that. I'm glad we have our old school thrash metal. I'm glad we have hair metal. I love hair metal. There are some metalheads that just cannot stand hair metal. But we have it, right? So I love that we have these different cultures, if you will, aka subgenres of metal. So I, I want that to remain. And this is... Ken, I think this is where we start to tie back into uh, some of the similarities that metal musicians have with other musicians of other genres. You know, I jammed with a really amazing Spanish guitarist, Andres Collins in Sarasota. I went to down I went down to see uh, one of his gigs and he's like, hey, bring your guitar. I'm like, but this is your gig. He's like, bring your guitar, dude. So I'm like, okay. So him and I jammed. This guy is finger style guitarist right playing spanish guitar he is shredding i'm like what did you just do dude holy crap you know and there's several other musicians local musicians uh one friend of mine dean johannison he plays like 40s 50s and 60s music and he even writes that style and he's not shredding away on guitar wow but he is so smooth and just like the whole swing vibe and all that he's so smooth at what he does um is inspiring to me so i see the time that he's put into that and how well he plays and how well he sings uh me as a metal musician you know we have that similarity right that we just want to sound good we want to write good music we want to perform well so uh you know you see that really across all genres regardless of what type of musician you are yeah and i think it's important to know your history I think what we find in metal music is an appreciation for a lot of culture. And if you're someone who's trying to, ex you know, extract something new out of your imagination, I think one thing that could really help is like, go and listen to the people that inspire the people you're inspired by <laughs> and what inspired them too, and just Go as far back as you think you can and see what you come up with. Like, you know, you can trace everything that we have in metal all the way to the blues. Um, and then if we're talking about, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there's like, there's like different styles of blues too. There's not, you know, yeah. in America, for example, you got African-American blues, but you also have Native American blues too. Like oh. they're, they're a big influence on how we made our music the way it is. So, uh, and then of course you can think of other things like the people, uh, who, who spoke Creole in Louisiana and how they created Dixieland and, uh, oh, ragtime yeah. and all true. this kind of stuff, right? Like this didn't come from nowhere. It, it came from somewhere. It's so funny you mentioned blues though, man, real quick, my, my friend and I, we used to, my buddy Tom and I, we used to kind of laugh at that. Like our favorite guitar players like Satch and Kirk Hammett and all these other guys that we love, you know, uh, George Lynch from Dawkins, um, they would always say, well, we were inspired by the blues and him and I would have this look on our face, like Beavis and Bud, like, uh, <laughs> what did you say, <laughs> dude? 
because we just weren't into blues, you know. And I, I very much appreciate blues now, but when in my younger years, I'm like, uh, how did blues inspire you? <laughs> you know, and it's just right. I was kind of naive back then. But it's just funny you mentioned that. A lot of, like you said, a lot of uh, a lot of people are inspired by other genres that they don't necessarily play, but you can hear some elements in that, you know. Right. Yeah. I think, I think metalheads grow with wisdom in a unique way, man. It's we just, yeah. it's, just <laughs> it's just, it's just, yeah. I mean, I just think the people who really mature as they grow up and they're metalheads, yeah. they, they have a different outlook on life. They have a different outlook on, you know, what makes somebody happy uh, and all the things that are important to us, uh, metal musicians and metalheads alike. Yeah. we kind of fall under the same scope of what's important. And when we're talking about, you know, influences of music, uh, yeah. You know, when I was a younger kid too, I wasn't, you know, thinking about all these other types of genres necessarily. I was a little bit more in my own bubble and, you know, that's kind of how it works. You, you're exposed to new things and when you hear them, you're interested and you're like, Oh, what's this? Oh, what's that? Oh, what's this? And sends you down a rabbit hole and you just keep discovering new things. So over time you're older now and you become more appreciative of what you've learned and all of that kind of ties back in like a full circle. So that is something I very much resonate with. And yeah, I definitely have more of an appreciation for blues too over time. So yeah, it's, it's amazing. It, and I love that. I love that about us. So, uh, but at the core of everything, it, what's important, it, it's good songwriting. It's, it's making sure that you are uh, having enough passion to dedicate to playing your instrument. Well, it's a lot of things all together. And you know, we've talked about like golden rules of recording uh, on our podcast before, and all of those things matter. Uh, so being a metal musician means that you have to have one enough passion to go against the grain and try something different because that's what we've been doing for decades now. And oh, yeah. you, there's no, there's no rest for the wicked in this one. <laughs> no dude. No, there's not. And, and guys, speaking of songwriting, uh, we do have a songwriting course on metal mastermind called metal songwriters forge. Uh, Ken and I, we're in the middle of upgrading that course. I don't know if it'd be upgraded by the time this podcast comes out or not, maybe because <laughs> we, we record these a couple of weeks in advance <laughs> to stay ahead, just to give you guys that, uh, a little tip there. We try to stay ahead, but, um, head over to metalmastermind.com. Click on the button where it says courses that'll take you to all of our courses. Uh, Ken's got a, a, a music theory course on there that's tied into metal i've got guitar courses on there we've got vocal we got uh you know he's got a studio build course uh but do check out metal songwriters forge on that if you haven't checked it out yet once we have the upgrade out uh if you already own the course you you got the upgrade free you'll be getting that free of, of you know you won't have to pay any extra for that uh but that probably will increase in price because we're pretty much making like this <laughs> monstrous songwriting course just trying to cover multiple angles here for you guys uh so anyway check that out at metalmastermind.com want to say thank you so much for supporting and being a part of metal mastermind appreciate all of you guys being here and remember until next time always create your own sound <laughs>